Shohei, hey, hey, Shohei Otani, Pack City Field over the weekend as the Mets lose two out of three. But yes, me and the crowd right behind home in Marlins man seats. The Mets win on an Ortega sauce walk off on Sunday. We will talk about Otani. Do the Mets try and sign him this off season? When the hell will we see Ronnie Mauricio? Doc and Daryl finally getting their numbers put in the rafters next season. And Pete Alonzo expected to be traded this offseason. Lots to do. It's all coming up next on Amazing But True from the New York Post. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Queens, New York. Mets take the field. So amazing. Amazing but true. Orange and blue. So amazing. Here's the pitch. New York, folks. We got you. Welcome back to Amazing But True, our New York Mets podcast from the New York Post. I'm your host, Jake Brown. Nelson Figueroa will be back this week on Thursday's episode. He had a charity golf event to attend today, and he will also be working on getting us locked in with Doc Gooden, hopefully for Thursday's episode. So we're hoping for a special sit down with Doc Gooden for Thursday after we found out that him and Daryl Strawberry will get their number 16 and 18 retired next season at City Field as they go up into the Raptors and very much deserved for Doc and Daryl. They, I believe, will be separate days they do it, but of course they were announced together, which made sense to do that. You don't want to announce one of them be like, what about Daryl? What about Doc? So we love Doc, friend of the program, has been on the show many times, and we're hoping to have him on before for Thursday's episode. So Figgy will be back for that one. Producer Andrew Hartz is with me today, and we react to the Mets losing two out of three to the Angels on Shohei Otani weekend. The Mets are going to do all they can to try for Shohei Otani. Despite the torn UCL, we'll see if he gets another Tommy John surgery. Will he pitch next season? He still hit this weekend with the torn UCL. I thought he was at least going to maybe sit a week, but right back in the lineup. And people got to factor in there's a lot of pressure to play him. The Angels TV ratings with how bad they've fallen, fall in the shoulders of Shohei Otani. And the fans packed the house over the weekend. Whether that was Mets fans, Angels fans, Otani's fans, the Asian community, it was good crowds all weekend at City Field as the Mets lose two out of three, 38,000 plus on Friday. Almost 36,000 on Saturday, 38,000 plus 
on Sunday, where, yes, if you were watching the game, which was on Peacock, and there was basically a Peacock on the field. I mean, the, the biggest ovation of the day came from the bird that was on the field. And they try to shoo him away, the grounds crew or bird, bird crew, trying to get him away, and he came back. And this bird was literally having a Sunday fun day on the field at City Field. And I did too. Yes, I was in Marlins man seats, second row right behind home. And if you saw me eating a glizzy, it is true. I was with ketchup. Don't at me. Nothing else but ketchup on the glizzy. Just call me the glizzy gladiator. And enjoy oh, those seats are just incredible. And you got to watch every move because everyone sees, you know, it's almost better. It's not as why they pick in your nose. The people see it. Um, I, yes, I did have a towel on my head. I, I put some water in the towel, just kept it on my head like a wake. It was hot. It was a hot one out there. But uh, yeah, Marl's man, uh, you know, he's got season tickets there, but barely shows up. Just gives the tickets away. Came to my friend Alyssa and uh, we enjoyed the game. We enjoyed an Ortega sauce walk off. I was like, please bunt, please bunt, please bunt. And it drops in. Renfro couldn't get it. And somehow it falls and probably would have been with the Mets luck. He, if he catches that, they get thrown out at the plate, but it falls and the Mets avoid getting swept. And, you know, Ortega is at least tried for a spring training invite, whether it's the Mets, probably somewhere else. But a guy is going to try to fight here to try and get on a roster spot. We'll see if he plays in September. The Mets also catering to show Aotani Friday night coincidental timing it's Sanga versus Otani but it's also Japanese heritage night and then Sunday was Taiwan day so you know they did all they can they had the cheerleaders out there they had the the mascots everything for Otani for the weekend so I I give the Mets credit you know they rolled out the red carpet saying you know we want you here and you know they're going to offer him all the money in the world the question is will he come to New York I don't think there's any doubt in my mind they're going to try for him and why not? Because listen, even if he can't pitch for a year, if you get him eight years, you get seven years of pitching, eight years of hitting, or seven years, however the numbers work out, you're getting a generational player. You know, over the weekend, you saw it. He broke his, broke the Coors Light scoreboard. LED light with 107-mile-per-hour foul home run. He didn't kill it over the weekend. He went three for nine with five walks. But he did have a triple, a double, two stolen bases, three runs scored. He was on on base in eight of his 14 plate appearances. And you see what he brings to the table. And you could see why the Mets should offer him a lot of money. But it did, you know, it did suck here in the news about the tornadoes because you're like, damn, this guy was about to get a bag and he still is. But there might be teams that shy away now. They're like, uh, if he's not going to be the pitcher that we want next season, along with hitting, I don't know if we want to give him 60 plus million a year for nearly a decade. So that's going to be very interesting to watch this off season, a very intriguing off season for Otani and a very intriguing off season for the Mets on Sunday, as the Twitter sphere broke when Bob Nightingale, who does not have the greatest track record of being correct. The joke is when Nightingale says that the opposite happens, he put in part of his column, it wasn't even a headline. It was like in part of the column, all-star first baseman Pete Alonso is expected to be traded by the New York Mets this winter. Several executives insist after conversations with the Mets. The Mets have informed teams that anyone that isn't under contract after 2024 will be available. And they have not come close to reaching a contract extension with Alonzo in past years. He's a free agent after the 2024 season. 
the fact that they had every opportunity to sign this guy and didn't speaks volumes about his future, one NL GM said. So I'll get to that in a minute because that is the big story of the of the day, of the week, of the year, is Pete Alonso. But the Mets now in last place at 60 and 71. They have Mike Piazza games to go, 31 games left. They play the Rangers this week for three. No Max Scherzer this week. The giveaway of the week, MLB Network hat. Not much to get on Wednesday. It'll be Gray versus McGill Monday, Haney versus Quintana Tuesday, and Dunning versus TBD Wednesday. Off day Thursday, we'll drop a pod Thursday, hopefully with Doc Gooden. And then the first place Seattle Mariners will come to City Field over the weekend. And Saturday is the Corduroy hat, which is kind of cool. Might go for that one. And Friday, March, September 1st, will we finally see Ronnie Mauricio, who is 22nd homer on Saturday on a curveball? He said he can't hit off speed stuff. The curveball crushed it to right field. And he leads the International League in hits. I mean, what else does this guy have to prove? And you have the perfect time Friday to sell tickets by bringing Ronnie Mauricio up and inserting him in the lineup. Get Mauricio up here. Get Beatty up here. Stop with Danny Mendick. Stop. Just stop it. He's a 180 hitter. He's a bum. He's no part of your future. Stop it. Vientos is back up. But play Beatty. Play Mauricio. If you want to play Vientos and you find a spot for all three, so be it. But September has to be. There's no more excuses. Stop coddling Ronnie Mauricio. If you don't believe he could be a big leaguer, let's see it before you tell us that. Call him up Friday. Put him in the lineup. And listen, there's going to be less than 20,000 people there this week. So if you want people showing up on the weekend and what's one, you know, maybe the final weekend, Labor Day weekend, and Mark's, you know, school's coming back. It's really the final weekend. People are out and about living their lives. You know, a lot of people will be away, I'm sure. But for the people here, you want them showing up? Bring the kid up. See what he's got. Do it against the first place team. Give him a little test. Put him against a potential playoff team. Start him at home. See what he's got. A little pressure on him. Fans cheering him, looking for something, looking for the future. Call him up. It's getting absolutely ridiculous if it doesn't happen next weekend. Because if it doesn't happen next weekend, then you're like, is it going to happen this year? And if it does, maybe it happens after the season. Those Syracuse Mets aren't a, are a minor league playoff team. So maybe when the, the minor league season ends, it happens. But, like, why keep waiting? The Syracuse Mets do not need it. The New York Mets do. And he might be part of this future, but we just don't know yet. So it's getting out of control. But that's the current state of the Mets. They're a last place team now behind the Nationals. You know, they're around that six area in the draft. Do they drop 10 spots? You know, it's too early to start analyzing that. But, you know, Tani showed his colors over the weekend. Carlos Carrasco showed you it might be time to just call it, call it a rest. Shut him down for the year. The worst ERA in baseball among pitchers with 90 innings with a 680 ERA. I don't know how Drew Smith's ERA is sub four. He gives up a homer on Sunday. I mean, this guy sucks. He just gives up so many homers. And the Mets can't even consider him coming back. Find a way to get rid of him. How his ERA is 394 is beyond me. Because he is like the Hansel Robles, it feels like. And how he's only given up six homers is beyond me. Because it feels like he's given up more. His stats look a lot better than how it feels. Like his career 3-4-3, right? it does not feel like he's pitched that well. Just send him packing, please. Enough is enough with Drew Smith. You know, he needs the sticky stuff. 
You can't live without it. But a pretty uneventful weekend in terms of the Mets. They they win one, lose two. You get a Lindor homer. You get the Ortega walk-off. And that is the current state of the Mets. Senga is just absolutely incredible. The, the ghost fork ball. And, you know, he has 10 through six and two thirds. He's just, he's been the storyline of the Mets. He's carrying this team. And he is the bright spot going into 2024. We have to look forward to. You know, the the voucher after the third inning Friday with that ghost fork ball, and my friend Allie, shout out to Allie, loyal listener of the pod. Uh, her dad doesn't want, so they're going to give me that the ghost fork ball, the glow-in-the-dark ball. Mayhem getting out of there for people getting that voucher. You knew that would kind of end ugly. But I think a large majority or the reason they did that was so people didn't throw the ball in the field because the Mets play. You know, they might have. Kids might have. Adults might have. Drunkens might have. So they said, we don't want to give this ball out before the game and risk, you know, having our security have to go out on the field and get these balls. So you get it. I don't think that's a new Mets promotional thing they're going to do. I think that was a one-time thing. The Otani mania, it being a ball. I don't think with the corduroy hat, it's going to be voucher after the third inning. Part of it, I thought, was to avoid people going in and out and getting 10 of them because people do that. They get a $5 ticket. They go in, they leave. They go in, they leave. Or they just go in and leave. <laughs> they just get the promotion, get out. But a lot of people will sell it on eBay. They go in and get, they have a bag. They get 10 of them. They get 15 of them. You know, Sunday's tickets are $8. Friday was 19, I believe, to get in at the last minute. So I think that was the reason. I don't think the Mets are changing the system. You know, I've, I've argued on this show, make it 25,000. It doesn't seem like that's going to happen. It's going to be the 15. But I don't think it's going to be every giveaway of vouchers. We'll see. I mean, I, I, I really doubt corduroy hat. The hockey jersey, they're going to make you because I think they saw the banana bananas land that happened because it was only in the rotunda as well. So everyone crowding the rotunda for a voucher because, you know, it was Otani. So not a ton of people were going to leave after the third inning. You know, the smart ones might have. They said, let me get out of here, beat the crowd. But towards the end, there is absolute bananas. And I don't think they want that again. So I think that was a one time thing for that. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Amazing But True podcast. Jake Brown here, producer Andrew Hartz at Jake Brown Radio at Amazing But True. Watch us on the New York Post Sports YouTube page. Give us a thumbs up, comment below. What do you think of the Mets? What do you think of the Pete Alonzo trade rumors? And Hartz, I'll bring you in to react to this too. And, you know, for the fans saying, I'm giving up on the team, I quit on the Mets, I'm never going back again if they trade Pete Alonzo, slow your roll. Now, yes, there might have been a time, maybe a month ago, where 
I would have said, what the hell are you thinking about trading Pete Alonso? But, you know, there are reasons behind things that many fans do not see. And maybe I didn't see, maybe until a couple weeks ago, that, you know, there are reasons guys get dangled. Guys get on the trade block. And maybe we'll never find out. Maybe someone will say something beyond, you know, Sal Licata saying it. But just think about that. I want you Mets fans to ponder that when you're thinking, man, why would the Mets trade the home run king, the franchise, you know, the face of the franchise? He's got a charity. Why would they trade him? Reasons are there behind the scenes that people do not know. And we'll see again. We'll see if they come out. But the other reason is this. He's got one year left and his trade value with what he's done on the field is pretty damn good. He's a 40 homer, 140 plus homer, 100 plus RBI guy, plays a decent first, a solid first base. He's not a gold glover, but he's, you know, reputable at first. You could throw him out there 162 times a year to the point where he gets hit in the back of the head. He still plays the next day. He plays. And when he did hurt his wrist, he was back in there within a couple of weeks and he beat the timeline. So he plays, he contributes, he puts up homers, he does it all. So his value is good right now. So there's absolutely no reason with one year left where the Mets basically are are making it pretty known. Anyone not under contract past 2024, there it is, is going to be available. And if Pete Alonso, if a deal, like Nightingale said, a deal hasn't been worked out. Executive saying, if a deal hasn't been done yet, it's hard to see it get done. Now, maybe the Mets do sign up to a deal. Maybe they, you know, maybe they say in the offseason, like, all right, we saw the outrage. Let's lock him up. But you can get a haul for him. And if next year is not a championship team and Pete hasn't been anywhere close to a championship team. Last year, they lost in the wild card round. You could say, oh, they had a great season. And they did. Last year was so fun. It was magical. But they didn't come close to the World Series. They lost in the wild card round. If they had made the NLCS, you're like, all right. But they did. So, you know, you have to see what you can get. I'm not saying definitely trade him. But if the Mets trade him, I'm not giving up my fanhood. I'll still show up next year. Now, for the people who say this, who say, I will give up season tickets. I mean, that's probably the smart move anyway. Like, I think season tickets is a stupid investment. The Jake Brown method of get tickets when the game starts for $5 is a smarter financial decision than you locking in season tickets, hoping that they get to the playoffs and you get access. There are always tickets available. Sure, when playoffs come, it might be pricier if you get them on the secondary market than if you had them locked in through the Mets. But think about all the games you lose money on if the team isn't great all year. Think about all those weekdays that sell for $5 that you bought for $45 if you have a good seat. So I think the season ticket thing is like, I'm a fan. I'm a season ticket holder. And that's great. If you are, props to you. I don't got that kind of money. I'm sorry. I know people think I'm rich or something. I am not rich and nowhere close to it. So that's why I go for the secondary market cheap ticket. So if you if you have the money, wherewithal, and you have the pride against season tickets, that's smart. But for you to be like, I'm only dropping the season tickets if they trade Pete Alonzo, I think you got to have a little bit of a reality check. And I know there's a, a large fan base who says, I'm not renewing if Alonzo's not here. They can still be good without Pete Alonzo. They can still be a playoff contender without Pete. I'm sorry. And we'll see what they do. we got to see how the offseason transpires. But they still have all the money in the world. 
They've improved the farm system a little bit here. They have a guy we'll see in like Mauricio. They're going to be in the running for Otani. And there are other moves to be made that can make this team a contender. On top of the fact that Pete Alonso, if whoever gets him in a trade doesn't extend him, there is a chance he'll be a free agent after 2024 and you could go get him again. But I think people need to slow their roll one and they also got to realize there are reasons for this. And there's also a reason Daniel Vogelback's still here. Who's Vogelback's buddy on the team? He happens to play the position that Vogelback would play if he were ever to go out on the field. That's first base. But you got to realize they're dangling him for there's reasons that we do not know that go on. Just realize that, you know, and people are like, why, why, why? And I see it all over Twitter. Why, 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 why? Like makes no sense, makes no sense. It makes sense for the people who see it every day. And it's not just the people in the clubhouse. Like I've said in the last show, you don't need to be in the clubhouse to see it because when the media is out is when you don't see things, when guys on the road, whether it's, you know, player wives and girlfriends talking to each other, there's things that happen that you do not see, will never see, will never know, and that, that plays a part of this. So, Hearts, I'll bring you in here. But now, now here's the thing. If they trade him and they only get, like, Pete Crow Armstrong, I'll be a little mad. I think you have to get at least one MOB piece ready for next year and then prospects. I, I don't think you could just get a couple prospects and, and be like, all right, you know, call it a day. You got to get a good package for him. And I don't really trust Billy Upper to get that. You know, if Stearns is here, hopefully Stearns is involved and, and he gets the Mets a good package if they do it. And again, this is Bob Nightingale. It's a report in August. So let's let's slow your roll on, you know, let's wait till the offseason before you all lose your collective minds. But I think, Hearts, you got to get the right package for this to happen. I wouldn't just trade them and just ship them away for whatever reasons there are. If the Mets really wanted to sign Pete Alonso, I think it would have been done by now. And I think the opportunity was this past offseason. In the same vein, I think you could have, if you wanted to get the most maximal return out of him, it would have been to trade him at the deadline. Now, you heard the report with the Milwaukee Brewers that they were interested and that he was dangled and there's a possibility there. I'm still kind of curious what the return would have been with the Brewers, because obviously the Brewers do have a couple big high price pieces, um, but there's obviously something wrong there in the Mets clubhouse with Pete Alonso, because for someone who is a, a, a stat leader, an automatic 40 home run guy at first base, he's not a butcher at first base either. You know, he's going to give you big at bats. He's much, he's must watch baseball. Like he's very much the cesspitus of the Mets right now. You know, when he comes to the plate, it's like, I got to see what Pete does. Cause Pete can hit a home run. That's 475 feet. And that's attractive to a casual fan and to a diehard fan. So I can see why Met fans would be upset if he gets traded. But you also got to look at it. Like, why would the Mets not lock him up? Why did they go and give the big extension to Brandon Nimmo? Why was, you know, Francisco Lindor given that big contract? It feels like what, Billy Upler said about 2024, the Mets not competing. Maybe he was being truthful. Like maybe that's why they don't want to have to give Pete Alonso that extra year of some sort of security when they could easily go out, get somebody and say, all right, Pete, we'll bring you back in 2025. But I think the biggest problem right now is what is Pete's team asking for in terms of a contract extension? Now I'm sure Pete Alonso sees what, or he saw what Aaron judge got paid from the Yankees. And, you know, uh, obviously that's a very attractive number, 
But I think when you look at first baseman, first baseman is the position right now, kind of like in football with the running back, where you're starting to devalue it a little bit, where you put a guy first base, just just get him at first base, let him catch a ball and, you know, get the DH in there or whatnot. Freddie Freeman got six years, $162 million. I'm pretty sure that's not getting the job with Pete Alonzo done with the Mets. So is Pete taking a harder stance here with what he wants? So I think there's a lot of things at play, but I think that the thing that just keeps going through my mind is why hasn't it been done yet? So that's the one thing that I would consider if I'm a Mets fan, like, you know, why haven't they extended him? Why couldn't they get it done when you have the richest owner in major league baseball? Why couldn't that happen yet? He has a foundation. He talks about, uh, you know, I want to be a Met for life. I wear the pro. He says the right things. The right things are out there. But again, behind the scenes, we do not know. Everyone's right. It's insane to trade him. Why has it got done? Well, there are reasons, clearly. And I think it's beyond money. Because we talk about Cohen's got all the money in the world. Well, if he does, he would have been locked up. And he hasn't been. So maybe they go out and get like a Joey Votto to replace him or something. I don't know. You know, pull up the, I'm curious, Hards. Pull up the free agents, first baseman. I'm very curious who, uh, do you have that up? It's funny you say that because who I'm looking at right here. And honestly, and that's the thing, like it's not a great free agent class. It's Joey Votto, Josh Bell, Max. I like Joey Votto and I like Josh Bell. Those are two solid options. I can't imagine Joey Votto leaving since he at this point of his career. Like I, he's, he's 40 years old. I, I can't imagine him doing it. Josh Bell, I, I mean, 31. He's, it's, uh, that's I mean, nice. he's, listen, he's, no one's going to be Pete Alonzo. They were playing, right. but. Right. That's a problem. You can still get a serviceable player. <sighs> I mean, the best player on this list, like I'll, I'll, I'll just roll through them quickly. Yeah, yeah. Go through the whole list. Let's see. Max Muncy, former Met, Marcana, Reese Hoskins. That'll be interesting. Joey Gallup, which didn't work with the Yankees. Brandon yeah, no. O'Meyer, CJ Crone, Carlos Santana, which, you know, again, Matt Carpenter, G-Man Choi, Garrett Cooper, Guriel, and Darren Ruff. So again, you're slim pickings, but that's where, you know, do you try to, tra- or do you try to have someone like a Mark Vientos? Do you try to get him more comfortable at first? No, pick? please. Let, Vientos has nothing to be an everyday player. So Max Muncy is an interesting name. Hits a lot of homers. Doesn't hit much for average. Um, but he would be an interesting name. Now he has a club option. So uh, there's a good chance he will not be back. Um, I would imagine. Uh, Votto also has a club option. Josh Bell is a player option at 16 and a half. So these guys all may be back. Hoskins is the unrestricted. He'll be a free. He's coming off injuries. Gallo strikes out too much. That didn't work here. Brandon belt is an interesting name. I know he's an older guy, but a, a decent power hitter. Um, he will be a free agent. Crone is eh. Santana's eh. But yeah, you're right. It's a, it's slim pickings, but those guys with the options, like I don't see why the Dodgers would say no to, you know, a $10 million club option. Um, if it's on the club, I won't see why they wouldn't keep him at that. Cause that's a good price for him. And uh, I don't see why Josh Bell would turn down 16 and a half million. Cause I don't know if he's going to get that. Now you see why potentially the Mets may look into trading Pete Alonso, especially if they're not going to be a team that's competitive next year. The first base market is so incredibly weak that maybe you are able to get a halfway decent prospect, a near major league ready prospect. Like I always thought this year, once you saw that the 
the Brewers were intrigued in him, uh, a team that that's leading the the NL Central. Could they have gotten? I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that Jackson Sherio, who is you know one of the the top ten prospects in baseball, but could they have gotten you know a Sal Freelich, a, a Jefferson Cuero? Not that they need another catcher to you know do anything with, but still, like I think Billy Upler does realize that the market is extremely thin, and if the Mets aren't completely sold on being a competitive you know go for team next year, maybe they do have this in their mind that. We can get something really good because it's a it's a week for a space market. The only thing I worry trading him in the National League is that you're going to have to face him for the next, you know, maybe it's only one year and he comes back, but you might have to face him a while. Now, if that team extends, well, I mean, we'll see, but you're gonna, he's going to be part of it because you got to factor in. You're probably not going to be your division's locked. You're going to be in that wild card race and the Brewers, you expect your team for a long time will be in that wild card race. So you get a factor in, you trade him ahead. It's like when you trade a Robertson, who, by the way, lost a closer role, the 70 RA with the Marlins. How about that? I mean, he wanted to be a man. He, he showed, he's showing it down in Miami where he has not been good for the Marlins and, and they're uh, sliding. It doesn't really affect the Mets who are nine back in the wild card now as the Nationals are ahead of them. But, you know, you're going to have to face him a while and he's going to be in the running. If you're going to be, you know, a competitive team, that means I expect competing for a wild card. Cause like we said, the Braves look like they're going to win this division every year without good. They are, you're going to be going up against those teams. And you know, Pete's going to have that chip on his shoulder. He's like, these sons of bitches got rid of me. You got to factor in. You're going to face this guy. If you do train with the Brewers, you know, you train with one of those other NL central teams and NL West team, whatever you do, do not train in the division. You, you want to talk about, uh, you know, riots in the streets by just trading Pete Alonzo. You trade him to like the Phillies, say, or you trade him to the Marlins. You know, the Nationals wouldn't get him. And the Braves don't need him, nor would get him, nor would the Mets ever do that. But if you trade him like the Phillies or Marlins, again, I don't see the Marlins doing it because they don't got the money. But say you trade him to the Phillies, good God, that'd be ugly. I, I, I'd be shocked the Mets consider that because they know they play him 13 times a year. But that's that's where you pay the premium, though. That's where, you know, if you do trade him, to the Phillies or you know the Marlins or or you know hell even the Braves. I mean, Braves wouldn't happen because they got Olsen anyway. Make no sense. But that's that's where you pay the premium and that's where you're able to get top dollar. Now it's funny. Now can you give some sort of you know flowers to Billy Epler for that David Robertson move now? Because no, no still no. Even no. though he's been demoted, his ERA has inflated. No, nope. and, and just looking quickly at who they picked up, Ronald Hernandez. Uh, you know, great that it's single A, but he's 19 years old. He's hitting 304 with a 473 OBP. And then you've got Marco Vargas, who's hitting 270 with a 426 OBP. A lot of walks. Good, good, good OBP. You know, you know, they love that. They do. And you and he got those two guys for David Robertson, who's been demoted from the Marlins role. He knew uh, you got to give some credit to Billy Epler here, whether you like him or not. Give some credit here, Jake. You have to. Fine. I'll give him slight credit. I don't want to give that loser much credit. I'll give him a little credit, but I still would have liked David Robertson here. I like the person, the leader, and that's a clubhouse guy you want. That is someone who everyone raves about, everyone loves him. Pete Alonso, maybe not as much. (laughs) We're ruffle some feathers here and amazing, but true. As we sit here today and we're recording, it's August 28th. 
I was scrolling through Mets Twitter and, you know, just just looking up, you know, different topics. What's going on? It's always on. a dangerous idea to do. But yes, listen, Mets Twitter, you never know. As, as someone that's 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 been involved in Mets Twitter for, you know, quite a while now. It's it's interesting. Or, you know, now is, is it called Mets X now or, or is it still going to be Mets Twitter? I don't even know. I, the whole X thing is ridiculous. I get seven notifications from X. I'm like, what happened? Right. Exactly. So as I'm scrolling today before our show, I'm looking and there's an account, you know, this day in Mets history. And on this day in 2020, do you have any idea what may have happened today, Jake? On 2020? 2020, August 28, 2020. Cohen became owner, right? He didn't become owner, but he entered negotiations into becoming the new Mets owner. Mm. So here's what I'm kind of curious about, because I was in the car this past weekend. And of course, you know, we're at, we're at that weird dog days of summer situation now where you have... You know, the Yankees are out of it. The Mets are out of it. You know, everyone's delirious with a baseball fan. The Yankees are 11 out. The Mets are nine. I mean, the AL wild card's better, but like that is unbelievable how far the Yankees fall. And I love what Lowe said, by the way, Josh Lowe, like he told it how it is. He's like, games don't matter much for them. They matter for us. And by the way, that fake Alonzo brawl, guys were very slow defending it. Guys were very slow coming out. And stop with the stupid. And what are the, the bullpen stay there. Like, why do the bullpens come out? Like, the you know, they're Jeff Nelson about to throw a punch. So why stay out there? I hate that's such a phony, you know, fake fight BS. Alonzo gets in a curveball. He gets mad. You know, guys slowly creep out. The bullpen, they could stay there. The bullpen catcher's running out. Like, they just want some action. But, like, the time they get out there, the scuffle is already over. So that's a bunch of BS. Anyways, continue. I think it, that's always telling in those kind of brawls. Anyway. So as I'm driving home, I'm listening to the fan and I got on, I don't know who, who's on the fan at that point, but I heard a caller call in and I'm kind of curious your take on this. I'm starting to hear, and this was just one person, a Met fan turn on Steve Cohen. And it's been three years now. And the guy, and he said, he goes, Steve Cohen doesn't have a plan. He's just going and buying players. And this year just proves that he doesn't know what he's doing. How, how do you think? At this point right now, this is three years since he entered negotiations and were bought the Mets. Where do you lie in terms of the job that Steve Cohen has done with the Mets? And where do you think he's going with the Mets moving forward after this year? Because it's it's been a rocky kind of three years-ish. So where are you right now? I have not turned on Steve Cohen. I do think there has been some unorganized management of the team. I do think the Billy Epler hire was terrible and did hurt this team. A guy who had zero track record of any success anywhere. So I think the Epler hire hurt. I think that, yeah, there's been some fumbling. You know, there's been a lot of spending, but, you know, one year of winning in the regular season, and that's been it. I'm not ready to turn it in. I think this is the moment. That will determine everything this offseason. What happens with Alonzo? What direction do they take? Does Stearns actually come here? What is Epler's new role? Do they get Otani? So this offseason is absolutely monumental to find out where is this franchise headed. Because yeah, everyone loved the prospects, the haul they got. But until we see what they do this offseason, what kind of team they put out next year, we don't know the direction. So this is going to be a telling off season for Cohen. I have not turned on him, but I do think he, you know, I would say he hasn't known what he's doing, but I don't think he's, you know, done everything right. You know, he's new to this. You know, he was just a fan who had a ton of money and bought the team. It wasn't like he comes from a background of baseball. Like he's done this stuff before. 
So yeah, there's things that have gone on that you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure he, he's ever done this. But he's got so much money that I'm not ready to be like, all right, I've turned. And it's also a couple years in. Of course, he regret, regrets the three to five year window. That wasn't a realistic window. Now, I thought you look on the paper, you saw the team, the players, you're like, yeah, it's great. That's going to happen. Now, this is what year 2021 was his first year, full year. So we'll count that 2021, 2022, 2023. Next year will be year four. So he still does have two years if you want to count that three to five year window, if I'm correct on the numbers there. What you're saying is that you don't necessarily feel hoodwinked and bamboozled just yet. You're going to give him the benefit of the doubt to kind of work through these, you know, early majority ownership. Struggles. If they don't get Stearns, then yeah, then I'll, then I might break out the jaw rule quote. Like, because the, if Billy Epler's running the show with no one else, now they're going to get a president. They've already said we're hiring a president. But if you get a guy, you know, and we've been sold this bag of goods that Stearns is a lock. So if that doesn't happen, then yeah, we'll feel a little weird because Epler should not be making baseball decisions. You, if you want to keep him in the organization, fine. He's got two years left on his contract. I hate it, but give him a role. Give him like a cushy role. But like, I don't want him making decisions because he is not, most of his decisions have been bad. And he's had the, he's had the luxury of giving teams a lot of money to get those prospects and stuff. So like, if he didn't have Cohen, he wouldn't have some of the luxuries he had. If he had an owner, a different owner with less money, Epler would automatically be canned this offseason. But I think he's had the benefit that he's at Cohen. And maybe that relationship between those two is good where, you know, he's keeping them. Telling off season ahead. Well, Pete Alonzo expected to be traded. The Mets are in last place. The vibes are not very good at Metsland. The murky future is ahead of us. And we have 31 games left in this season. We got the Alonzo storyline. We got, will we see Ronnie Mauricio next weekend against the Mariners coming up here? September 1st is coming. Do we see Brett Beatty get called back up? And will we get a, a month of baby Mets and seeing what the baby Mets have instead of playing the Vogelbacks and the Ortegas and the freaking Danny Mendix of the world? Guy does absolutely nothing for this team and still plays. It is just infuriating. Good for Ortega, though, taking, taking advantage of, of his playing time. You know, playing a role. But again, these guys aren't part of the team next year. And McGill's got a few big starts here because if he continues to suck, he won't be on the roster next year. Alonzo, listen to the offers. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mets fans. You have to listen and see what you get. And if you don't get a great offer, you keep them. If you get a great offer, you can't refuse. You make the deal. Because Pete Alonzo getting traded does not mean the Mets 2024 season is over. It does not mean the Mets future is crushed and the Mets are diminished. Good players get traded. It happens. I'm sorry. And it would have been done already. If he was the greatest guy of all time, like everyone believes he is. We'll close this episode of Made the True next. We have to have an annual wrap after I spit some hot bars at Catch Astoria. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. 
It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All righty, that's us. Good night to episode 175 of Amazing But True, our Mets podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Andrew Hartz for helping me in producing the show. Subscribe to Amazing But True on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and Amazon, wherever you get podcasts. Subscribe to the New York Post Sports YouTube page to watch all episodes. Find that Amazing But True playlist right now. If you're watching on YouTube, give us a thumbs up. Comment below. Should the Mets trade Pete Alonso? If so, why? If not, why not? Let us know your thoughts. And will we see Ron and Maurice Hill next week? And follow me on Twitter at Jake Brown Radio. Follow the show at Amazing. But True Nelson Figueroa will be back this week. We expect for Doc Gooden for Thursday to react. And, you know, I didn't get to react to it much, but I'll say this. You know, Doc and Daryl so well-deserving. Listen, Doc Gooden is a great guy. I know, you know, he's had his hurdles in his life. There are things that have happened as well-documented. But this guy pitched 11 years for the Mets with a 3.1 ERA. He won 157 games here. He was the NL Rookie of the Year. He was a Cy Young winner in 85. Won the Triple Crown that year. Pitching wins, ERA, strikeouts. 92, he's a silver slugger. Doc was tremendous. And Darryl, eight years, 252 homers. 83 Rookie of the Year. Seven-time All-Stars in Mets. Two silver sluggers. The all-time Mets career home run leader. And that might stick if Pete Alonso is traded. So both guys are deserving. And obviously, with the change in ownership, you're seeing more guys get honored. Probably should have been a while ago. Maybe the relationship wasn't there with the Welp Bonds, but Cohen is doing right in getting these guys in. And Cranepool's got to be one of those guys next. He's got to be. You know, we just had him on. He's got to be one of them. Highly recommend listening to that interview if you missed it on Amazing But True. Ed Cranepool kept it real about Billy Epler and the state of the Mets and not liking that they punted these last two months. So, Congrats to Doc. Congrats to Daryl. Both friends of the program. Both guys I've sat with at games. Both doing well for themselves. So we're looking forward to having Doc on. Well, hopefully Daryl before this season ends as well. Well, the Mets take on the Rangers. If you're going, God bless you. Not many good MLB Network hat you want that Wednesday, but no Scherzer. Now, if Scherzer was pitching, I was going to go, but no Scherzer. I'm not sure I'm going to go this week. Um, I always say that and people are like, you're still in a bit of the games. I know, but for the most part, I probably won't be there this week. I'll probably go Saturday for the corduroy hat. Because that, that would be kind of cool. Have a corduroy Mets hat. Otherwise, it'll be a light week at City Field. But if you're going to enjoy the Mets Rangers, a playoff team, maybe the Mets play spoilers this week. Thursday off, they will drop a show. And the first place, Seattle Mariners come to City Field. So, maybe some Seattle fans. You know, the Mariners don't come here often. So, that'll be nice for Mariner fans to get to see their team. And right now, the Mets just trying to fight out of the cellar. Finish in fourth place. Get out of last place. That wild card pipe dream that everyone had about a week ago. Slow your roll. They're about to be double digits out. They're still somehow not 10 out. They're nine out, but they will be far out of it. And, you know, hopefully we see Ronnie Mauricio soon. Now, figure will be back Thursday. So we'll see you then. Thanks, everybody, for listening to Amazing But True. And yes, I have found a roommate, folks. The saga is over, and we found ourselves a chill roommate of Boston. Sports fan will join me in Astoria. Ta ta, Turbo Man. We won't say let's go, Mets, because they suck. Good night, folks. Drew Smith freaking sucks.